Thanks for listening to the Life Changer Church podcast. We are excited you are with us today. Please feel free to contact the church office at 918-341-8344 or you can find us online at lifechangerchurch.com. Enjoy today's message. So it's my privilege and joy uh, to invite uh, Pastor David Estes, my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, uh, to come and bring the Word of God to us. Please give your attention and your ear to the Word through Pastor David today. Amen. 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 Hey, guys. So, so honored to be up here this morning. Pastor uh, was talking me, talking with me earlier and said, you know, I'm just really tired and yada, yada, yada early this week. Because, you know, you just, we had weddings and you have all the preparation for Christmas. And I just said, well, I've got something cooking if you just uh, want me to do. He said, I'd love to, yes. And for those of you who don't know, I've been, I've been out of pocket, out of state working for a few, few weeks. And so... Um, this gives me a wonderful opportunity. So, um, and so I'm thrilled and honored and humbled uh, by the opportunity. Um, pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. Holy Spirit, I just, uh, I know you're here, but Lord, I just invite you, help me, help me communicate the thoughts and the ideas that uh, I believe that you have put on my heart this morning. And uh, Lord, if I say anything that's, that's uh, not of you or in, in some way not what you wanted to communicate, Lord, just let it fall to the ground. So Lord, we just thank you for this time, Holy Spirit. We just thank you for your, your ministry this morning and the lives and hearts of everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So this, this sermon, I don't really have a good title. I was praying, asking the Lord, I even asked my wife, she went... Oh, geez. Oh, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You're going to have to get that from the Lord for this one. So I guess the main, the main theme, if you want to call it a title, is really um, a life walking with the Lord. And so we'll, we'll tie it into the baptism stuff that we're going to be doing this, this morning, and it's going to be wonderful. I love Christmas time. Do you love Christmas you know, one of the great things about Christmas is that uh, the Christmas stories. And so, um, as I've grown up in, in church through my whole life, because uh, I was pretty much raised in church, born on Thursday and church Sunday, that I have heard many, many Christmas sermons, many, many uh, uh, sermons about various uh, stories of, around Christmas, Throughout my whole life, through many different preachers, many different uh, orders, and um, I'm going to go over some of that here this morning. So, the, um, ah, there we are. Sorry, my, uh, my pages got printed front and back. Um, so, we're going to start this morning in Luke 1, and then it's going to go... Th- through 26 and 45. I got a lot of scripture, large chunks. I'm not going to read them all. Uh, please go back, read them yourself. It's the word of God in you as you read it. It's Jesus said his words, their spirit, they are life. So please feel free to, to go through it. But in verse 26, it says, on the sixth, uh, okay, no, never mind, sorry. Um, 
Oh my goodness. I'm not normally this discombobulated. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an Abel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a village in Galilee. A virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, hey, woman, highly favored one, greetings, right? The Lord is with you. So she was confused, and Mary tried to think, what is this angel talking about? What does this messenger mean? And he said, hey, Mary, don't be afraid. You have found great favor with God. By the way, you will conceive a son. And <laughs> what? And his name will be Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. And to his kingdom there will never be an end. Mary asked the angel, But how will this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, Holy Spirit will come, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said come to me. And then the angel left her. And as Pastor Ted, one of his most favorite sayings out of the scriptures when you get a word from the Lord, I'm not even going to say it. You guys should know this. What do we say is our reply when we get a word? Be it unto me according to your word, as, as it says in the King James. So in verse 39, a few days later, Mary heard, hurried down to the hill country in Judea, down to where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. And at the sound of the greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed, Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard the greeting, the baby jumped in the womb, or in my womb, jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed, you are blessed because you believed what the Lord, uh, what you believed that the Lord would do what he said. All right, so here, here's this idea. We have the angel. He says, Mary, you're, this is what's going to happen. This is going to be wonderful. You're going to give birth, and he's going to be amazing, and he's going to sit on the throne of David, and he's going to do this stuff. And Elizabeth, just so that you know, Elizabeth's also six months pregnant. And so Mary said, okay, that's great. Now, how is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. Yes, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and he just kind of reiterates the same thing. And then she said, okay, well, be it unto me according to your word. Now, generally, as I've heard this passage taught, this idea of be it unto me according to your word when Mary receives the word, the focus has been on she's going to conceive because, you know, as a virgin conceiving a baby is pretty, pretty amazing, right? You know, that is miraculous. But I want, to I want you guys to see something. There were five promises. Not that she would give birth. That's one. That's not even one. That's just a thing that will happen. But the angel gives her five prophetic words and says, this is what's going to happen. And this is, this is the thing that I think is pretty amazing. She said, number one, he will be great. Number two, he will be called the son of the most high. Number three, 
the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Number four, he will reign over Israel forever. And number five, his kingdom will never end. Now, Mary was very much a Jewish woman. Would you not agree with me? Okay? Do you think when the angel came up and said, hey, by the way, you're going to conceive a baby and that you will not know a man and when the, this baby's born, it will be a male and you will name him Jesus. Now, do you think she focused, was that the main focus of her thought process? Or do you think, hey, uh, lady, let me tell you something. You're going to have a baby, but that's not, no, you're going to be the mother of the king of Israel. You're going to be the mother of a line of a lineage of David who will sit on David's throne. You will be the mother. He will be great. Men will call him great. People will call him the son of the Most High. And his kingdom will never end. Now, as I'm, as I'm reading this, and my wife and I were talking about this, it's like, Okay, what is actually more miraculous, might you think, in Mary's mind and heart? Do you think it's just like, okay, I'm going to get pregnant? Or do you think it's going to be, I'm going to have the Messiah. I'm going to, I mean, he's going to overthrow our oppressors. He is going to rule and reign over, right? Because she knows Gideon when an angel of the Lord appears. She knows Moses when flaming bushes and messengers of God show up. She knows um, uh, Jehoshaphat. And when the Lord says, hey, you go out and do this. She knows the story of, of Elijah. She knows that when angels show up and make pronouncements, stuff happens. Would you not agree? Do you think that would be anything in her, anywhere in her thought process? Not just, okay, yes, baby is being born and that's miraculous in and of itself. But what is attached to this baby? So did she say, be it unto me according to your word, I'm going to get pregnant? Or did she say, ha, all right, if I'm going to be the mother of the king of Israel who's going to overthrow and set up the throne of David again and rule forever, and his reign and rule will never come to an end? Now, I don't know that she had any concept of what never come to an end. She just may mean his lineage, right? You know, because we, we don't know that thought process. But that idea that the angel said, his rule will never end. The throne of David will never cease to be, uh, there will never cease to be a person on his throne again. Do you think that, the, that she had some aspect of understanding of what that is? I think she did. And I think she looked at the angel and went, you know, I'm betrothed to this guy Joseph and he's a good guy and He's a carpenter. I mean, we, we won't be poor, but, you know, it's a decent life. Or do you think she could say, hmm, I don't know what this is going to entail, but if the angel said, I'm going to be the mother of the king, yeah, all right, sign me up. Who do you think would be down with that, right? An angel appears to you and says, hey, you're going to be the mother of a king. I think she was like, okay, angel, yes, please, and thank you. The mother of the king. So, she said, all right, angel, according to your word. Be it unto me, according to your word. Now, here's the really interesting part. And I don't, I'm not trying to belittle Mary at all, so don't hear what I'm not saying. 
But I think God knows that we are human. And I think that he knew Mary was human. So what did he do? He said, as a confirmation to this word I'm about to tell you, by the way, your cousin, six months pregnant right now. Oh, okay, well, that's news to her. She was barren. Yep, people said she was, but she's pregnant. So then what does it say? Like a few days later, we're not talking a week, we're talking a few days, two or three days later, she went down to Zachariah's house to go visit Elizabeth. Why did she go to see Elizabeth? Why, come on, why did she go visit Elizabeth? <laughs> to verify and see what the messenger told her was true. You know, sometimes we, we, we poo-poo the idea of fleeces, right? Okay, God, I know you said this, but I'd really like some confirmation. I think God's really not, a, I don't think he really matters so much about confirmation. It's when you go confirmation after confirmation after, con, you know, I think sometimes it wears on him. But you know what? He, it says in the scripture, one of my favorite scripture verses, it says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask, for he does not, in the King James, upbraideth. That word upbraideth is, and I know most every parent, I know I have done it, I will own it myself. When a child asks you a question, like my, my little, my, now my little daughter who's 17, um, when she was a little bitty learning to write and, and, and read and we were homeschooling and her favorite animal in the world is a horse, she's desperately in love with horses, um, we made a joke, you know, we made a joke, somebody said, well, you know, we'll have to beat the boys off with a stick. I said, not if they don't come with a horse, you know. <laughs> you know, that's, the, if they don't come with a horse, they got zero shot, I can tell you that right now. So, so, I mean, she loves horses, but for years, it seemed like when she was a little bitty, she'd just be writing something, she'd be like, how do you spell the word horse? H-O-R-S-E. All right, five minutes later. Now, how do you spell the word horse? 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 How do you, right? Thousands and thousands of times. I have had this thought, and I hopefully I'm not the only one, who's thought, okay, when are you going to get this? You should have it by now, right? Or, uh, did you brush your teeth yet? No, I didn't. This is not her, but, right. Did you make your bed yet? No. All right, can you show me how to make your bed, or how to make a bed? All right, when are you going to get this? this that's the idea of upbraideth. When are you going, with the attitude of, oh, when are you going to get this? When will we be past this? Scripture says the Lord doesn't do that. He's happy to help. It's like, H-O-R-S-E, horse, there you go, right? So if any man likes wisdom, let him ask, because he doesn't say, when are you going to get this? I don't, think he's, I don't think he's irritated by us asking and saying, Lord, can I get a confirmation in this? He gives confirmation. He gave confirmation to Mary. said, hey, prove this out. So Mary then, it says in, in, um, uh, later in the passage, uh, I don't know, in Luke it says that she stayed with Mary for three months. Now, Angel said she's six months pregnant. So six months plus three is? So... What happens at nine months pregnancy? Babies arrive. So she was there. Then John shows up on the scene. Zachariah has been mute the whole time. Right? Elizabeth's husband. And for those backtracking, Zachariah's in the temple. Angel says, hey, your wife who's married is going to have a baby. And he's like, oh, yeah, what? I don't believe that. And Angel struck him mute and said, you're not going to speak until the baby's born because I don't want you messing this up because your words have power. Right? That's the implied idea. And so they said, so when they went on the eighth day, when they get, uh, sanctified him and circumcised John, 
they said, well, what are you going to name him? And, and Elizabeth said, we're going to name him John. They said, well, you can't name him John. And then they said, well, give Zechariah paper. What is he going to name him? John. He said, John, and his mouth was immediately loosed, right? Mary has witnessed all of this. John shows up on the scene. She knows the story, all this stuff. So here is what I think is amazing. Mary, oh, sorry. So Elizabeth, when she heard Mary come into the house and say, hey, I'm here, greetings. <laughs> I came to see if what this angel told me is true. It said, the Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth and filled her. And the baby leapt within her. And Elizabeth then started to prophesy. Why am I honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby, my baby leapt in my womb for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said he would do. Now, what does that belief look like? Well, it believes in, okay, be it unto me according to your word. But it also is, all right, I'm going to come and check and see and make sure that what I heard was accurate. And she's here. And so Elizabeth started to prophesy over it. Then in the text, you have Mary's song, and Mary sings a song. And then you have Elizabeth's song, and you, have, you, you just have these wonderful, wonderful things transpiring. Sorry, i got to get my... I'm, I forgot to put page numbers on here in the printer front back. <laughs> So Gabriel spoke, and not only did he make these promises to Mary of what was going to happen to Jesus and who he was, but he got, he, God also gave Mary a sign to believe in, which was Elizabeth. Okay, She saw Elizabeth give birth, and then it said, right after that, there was a census, right? So Elizabeth gives birth to John, then you have a census. Well, by that time... Mary's ready to give birth herself. So she's been with Elizabeth three months, so the census happened approximately six months after. Right? Three months, another six. There you go. You got nine months again. So she's about ready to give birth. They go down into Bethlehem. So let's jump to the birth of Jesus. In Luke 2.19... You have the story of the shepherds. And they're keeping their watch over their flocks by night. So you have, you have shepherds, you have gold, you have frankincense, you have all this, all this stuff going on. And then the shepherds, they find Mary, they tell her what happened, and then they leave. And then we have this great scripture. And it says, But Mary kept or pondered these things in her heart. Now, in my kind of picking things up and just kind of how, how the context of the story runs, I always thought that she pondered these things about Jesus, like, wow, he's, he's born, what the angel said was true, the shepherd's story, pondering those ideas. I submit to you, what she was pondering was not all that. What she was pondering was, what the angel said was true, I'm going to be the mother of a king, He's going to be the, the sit on the throne of David. He will be great. His rule will never come to an end. And this is crazy because I'm here in a manger. And these shepherds and the angels in the story are once again a confirmation of this thing that the angel promised nine months ago that was then verified and by Elizabeth. 
And then Elizabeth prophesied. So what you have is you have the word of the Lord came. Then you have a confirmation. Then you have, a confir- you have an agreement. Then you have a confirmation. You have a confirmation. You have a confirmation. You have a confirmation. Now, do you think Mary might have been thinking, um, you know, the son of a king probably shouldn't be born in a manger. I mean, if, if I was the mother of a king, I wouldn't think. But, you know, okay, God, you know, you know what you're doing. It's, it's all confirmation. So when I, uh, when I was looking at the scripture, I, I kind of did the, the word study in Luke 2.19 and said when she con- pondered these things. Um, the word um, kept and pondered is only used uh, three other times in scripture. I thought this was really cool. Uh, it's used when Herod said he tried to, uh, he thought John the Baptist was a really neat guy and loved, loved him and liked him. And he wanted to protect him. He wanted to keep him safe. He wanted to cherish him, right? Just kind of funny. And the other two times it's used is when Jesus says, hey, you can't put old wine in new wineskins lest they, the wineskin burst and you lose the wine. You have to use new wineskins for new wine so that they can be kept. They can be preserved. They can be cherished. So this idea. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then these things, this, this idea of these ideas, these ideas, these thoughts. The word there is the word rhema. She pondered the word of the Lord and cherished it. The words spoken from the Lord, which I believe were these promises, and she took them into it and it says, she took and pondered the rhema, the spoken word, out into her. Not just the stories, but she pondered and kept in her heart and in her mind, cherished it so that they would not be forgotten. She kept bringing them up in her heart and in her life. She kept pondering on them. It says she pondered them in her heart so that they would not be lost. Just amazing. So she talked about how the word of the Lord and kept it precious to her. Um, and, And Jumping forward in 2 Corinthians, one of the scripture verses people quote often is, you know, the promises of God are yes and amen. It really doesn't say that. It says the promises of God are yes through Christ Jesus. And in him, we speak the amen. Right? The promises of God to Mary were these things. The amen, which is also fulfilled in God, the finishing, because he's the author and finisher. But she had to say, be it unto me. She had to come into agreement. She had to say amen. So, the idea is, is that, that we had, she had to agree. All right. We have to play a part in the amen. We have to play a part in the word. We have to say something like Mary had to say something. Amen. Amen. All right. Take a deep breath. That was all introduction. All right. Moving forward, we have the life of Jesus and all that that entails. So now let's jump to Matthew 27. Bless you, Lord. Twenty-seven, verse thirty-seven. We have the crucifixion. And above his head they placed the charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. I can't speak up, I'm crying. 
Turn me up, please. They put a charge over him while he's on the cross. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Here's your promise, Jesus. Here's your promise, Mary. They mocked him. Hey, he can save others. Let him save himself. They beat him. They spit him. They mocked him. And it, when I was reading this passage, well, I don't want to get to that punchline. I don't want to do the punchline too soon. And then you have John 19, 20, uh, 25. And it said, after they did all this stuff, and Jesus was there, it said, who is at the foot of the cross? It said, Mary and Mary Magdalene, and then there are some other women who are far off. Now, I don't know about you, but I've carried words in my heart. That, like Mary. God, this is not what I signed up for. Jesus being on the cross, does that look like the king of the Jews? Does that look like ruling over the throne of David? Does that look like an eternity of a kingdom and a reign that will not end? Does this look like the word that had been given, that had been confirmed and confirmed and confirmed? It was confirmed as you go through. You had confirmed by Simeon, confirmed by Anna, confirmed by water into wine, dead being raised, blind eyes. Confirm, confirm, confirm. All this stuff is we're going forward. And then you reach the pinnacle. I, I don't know, but I think that if I were Mary, going through the trial with Pilate and everything, I would be waiting for Jesus to come out. And for the revolutionaries and to overthrow, like, all right, this is just, this is like the good movie thing where, where they're going to, the darkest before the dawn and, you know, the, the hero and he's going to rise up and be the warrior and be the king that he's been called to be, that the angel told me that he was going to be. And then what happens? They beat him. They literally rip parts of his guts out and, you know, and it's just terrible. They mock him. Here's a sign. Here's the king of the Jews. Here's your throne. Here's your throne, Jesus. This is not the mother of the king. This is not what it's supposed to look like. God, you made a promise. What is this? This is not what I signed up for. I think the emotions, the reality is, is that, um, and I've heard this, a number of times from several people lately in context. Is this a joke? God, did you bring me out here to dry? Did you hang me out? Did you take me out on a limb to cut the limb off out from under me? Because that's what I would think that's what it would feel like. Now, we're on the, we're on the backside here, and we, we know it's coming in a few days. But, I mean, in that moment, in that moment, death is pretty final. Right? Now, we know that moving forward to the resurrection, right? We don't know there's a resurrection. Mary and the gals, they show up to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. Well, we know that she wasn't expecting any kind of resurrection because they brought spices to anoint his body. And then when they meet the angel and all the stuff, and the, they think he's a gardener, he's like, what have you done with his body? Where did you take him so that we can anoint him? This was her finale. She said goodbye to all those dreams. She said goodbye to those prophetic words. She said those promises have come to nothing. 
I don't know what was going through Mary's heart and mind because the scripture doesn't tell us. But you gotta. She's human. She had to have been questioning what happened to her and what happened and how could this happen? And oh, you know, she, like, I can't imagine her faith being rocked seriously to the core. Even though she saw this stuff, this was all supposed to end in a culmination. And yet he's dead and I'm here just to bury my son and weep over his body. Now here's the thing. We know ah, angel shows up, tomb roll, bone, you know, stone rolled away, tomb's empty, they meet Jesus. Hey, it's me, Jesus. Didn't you remember? I told you I'd have to be buried dead three days in the grave and then they're like, oh, well, we forgot about that. Right? So, so God told him, oh, yeah, okay. And he's like, all right, go tell the disciples, I'll go see them. There's, there's, your, there's your king forever, right? Now, here, here's what I want to leave you guys with. We're going to be doing baptism here. A lot of times, as we, uh, uh, for those of us who aren't baptized, but maybe walking with the Lord, a lot of times we go through life. Mary's now lived life here 30, 33 years, watching these things happen, come to pass, teaching Jesus how to walk, and Joseph teaching Jesus how to be a carpenter, and yeah, to hold the nail this way so you don't smack your thumb when you hit it with the hammer, right? Or, you know, the dowel, wooden dowels, and just all the stuff that you do with kids, all the while Mary's pondering these things in her heart, the rhema word, the word, these prophetic words, and yet it doesn't look like it's going to come to pass. It's not going to come to pass because death's pretty final, Right? So what I want to ask you and what I want to challenge you is this. Is that what are the things that God has spoken to you over? Last year for, for Christmas Eve service, one of the things that I had mentioned was I was saying, you know, there's, before the COVID stuff even really came out, I said, you know, this next year we have to look at there is joy in the sorrow that we have to look through the sorrow and see the joy on the other side. We have to look through the hardship and understand that there's a treasure beyond that. And this year has been one of those years where I have had to constantly go back to that word myself and say, all right, God, this has been a crazy year. This has not been a year that I expected. This has not been a year that, that looks like prophetic words that I've had spoken over me, that I've been treasuring, that I've been declaring, that I've been seeing have happened. And yet now... It's like, ah, what am I going to do? So like Mary, what are you going to do? I don't know. But I know this, that I can't give up on the word because God says he will not be mocked. He was pretty amused, mocked pretty heavily when he was hanging on the cross. Here's King Jesus, you know, King of the Jews. It's like, oh, they mocked him. But he, he got the last word in, right? Amen. So, Recount, uh, recount the different, uh, 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 over the words that you've received, over the promises that God's given you, recount the, um, the confirmations that God's given you. Don't be discouraged when something comes up that tries to steal your word. I mean, death's pretty final when it's trying to steal a prophetic word, I would think, Right? But you have to know and you have to believe in the promises of God that they are yes. That he's not a liar. He will not be mocked and he will get the word done. Now it may not look how we want it to look. It may not, it may not go through the process we think it should go through. But yet, 
it will be accomplished. So, as we transition into baptism, this is the idea. Is that we watch as, as those who are getting baptized or are uh, going into the watery grave is the symbolism of Jesus dying in the tomb and then coming out a new creation, a new man as Jesus came out of the tomb, right? That those words that have been spoken of us, the promises of God in here, the promises that he's given us, those are yours. And that they have the absolute life and breath of God himself in them to accomplish his will, to accomplish his work, and to accomplish the thing that he said he declared over you and the things that he's declared in you and the destinies that he's declared over your families and over your children and over your life and over your job, right? It has the, the power of God is there to confirm his word and to see it come to pass. Even though death, it's pretty final. It was not final for Jesus. It was not final to the word because God will accomplish his word. The cross is not the end of the story. However, in that moment, it looked pretty final. Pastor Chris, are you? Yeah, he's coming. Now, we serve a God of breakthrough. You know, one of the, there's a song, it's done by uh, Eddie James, it's called Breakthrough, and um, it's pretty rip-roarous and, and highly energized, but they have, he's got these great lyrics. He's like, when I don't see my way through, you are the God of breakthrough. And that's, that's the thing. Sometimes we get into this place where we're walking with the Lord, and it's like, all right, Lord, uh, I'm really stuck. He's like, you know what, that's Okay. Stuck is, stuck is not a bad place to be. But Lord, I know that my confidence is still in you. If, you. if you can fulfill your word through Jesus, you gave him these promises that absolutely came to pass, you can fulfill this. You can do this. And I trust you and I believe in you. So I want to challenge you, dust off the words. If you don't know, if you haven't had any prophetic words that you're hanging on to, there's some promises in the scripture. If you're sick, look at the scriptures and healing. Put them in your heart. Cherish them, recount them, the rhema word, the spoken word, the, the yes and amen that we have to agree with to get them out Say, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Your word says this. I thank you for it. Engage the word of the Lord. Engage the promises that he's given us. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Changer Church podcast. You can join us each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We are located at 2221 Cornerstone Avenue. You can reach the church office at 918-341-8344. You are always welcome at Life Changer Church. See you soon.